This is Jerome McGinley, and you're listening to Get the Puck Out. All right, guys, tape your stick and tickle my dick. What's going on? Get the puck out is back. I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by mybookie.ag. You go over to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code TARPS off season. TARPS off S-Z-N-S-Z-N. It's not about disease. It's about the fucking cash, homies. That's right. We're going to give you a 100% deposit on every dollar you upload up to a grand. So you know what? You put 40, you get 80. You put 80, you get 160. You put $69, you get $138. Free money. I'm not even a allowed to use this promo code so go on over to mybookie.ag tarps off season speaking of tarps off we have tarps off hockey's very own jack gotzel with us today big sack jack what's going on buddy how's it going excited to watch these uh eastern and western conference finals here yeah get them all uh played up and shook out we saw last night the vegas golden knights started robin laner he shuts out the dallas stars to even the series at one game apiece and in the first game of the eastern conference final we'll go back to that tampa and the islanders it kind of reminds me this series jack of of what you saw in the eastern conference final last year the boston bruins took on a surprise team in the carolina hurricanes and when it push came to shove they just weren't even in the same ballpark tampa comes out wins eight to two after being off. I thought maybe Tampa was going to have a slow start maybe because they had that extra rest and, and the Islanders, you know, almost blew that lead, but ended up taking out the Philadelphia Flyers eight to two, five points from Braden point. He's fucking electric factory. What do you think of what you've seen so far in that series? Is there any way tonight that the New York Islanders can get back in it? I don't think that the Islanders win tonight, but I think they win a game. And just like you said before, I expected Tampa to come out slow and I expected the Islanders to take game one. And I made the Tampa in six prediction. I'm saying Tampa in five. Now I think the Islanders steal a game. I just don't think it's tonight. Yeah. It's one of these situations where it's going to be very tough to rebound from a beating like that. We saw it in the last series, the Bruins lost seven to one. Uh, They were never the same after that. Sometimes you can plant that seed of doubt and a team in Tampa Bay, they come in waves. It's point, it's points line, it's Gord's line, it's the pocket fourth line. This team is deep. You know, I know that we have some disagreements about their back end and, and the level of talent, but the left side of their defense um, and the right, or is it the right side of their defense that's amazing? I think it's uh, the left side. The left side's oh, amazing. Yeah. The right side's a little weak. Uh, that some people would say, but you know what? They're getting good play out of these guys that have the NHL experience. You know, Zach Bogosian was playing 20 minutes a game there uh, for a little bit. You know, Shattenkirk has done what he's had to do. He had a great last game. But the real story of the Tampa Bay Lightning is Braden Point, who signed that bridge deal. Looks like a genius move now. I think Tampa Bay will probably end up getting a Stanley Cup because of it. But the Brinks truck for that kid when that contract ends, Jack. Holy oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. He's going to get Bro, paid. what the fuck are they going to have to pay Braden Point? Like, I mean, if Mitch Marner makes 10, Braden Point should make 
hundred million dollars a year, but that's not allowed. Um, so like, I don't even want to guess now because he's still got two more years where he can get even better. Yeah. And by then, hopefully this flat cap bullshit will be over. COVID will be fucking done with, and we can have some movement and see some teams, uh, able to, to reward their guys. Cause I think more than ever, this off season is going to be very strange as it comes to free agency, as most teams were banking on getting that four to $8 million, um, escrow and that that the players could trigger to to up the cap that's not happening there will be a flat cap 81.5 some people say two years some people say upwards of five years i know brian burke believes it could be five years just losing arena revenue is fucking crazy Ooh. we'll see if there happens to be um a second wave or not of of this uh pandemic bullshit but certainly uh i think that you're gonna see an interesting off season when it comes to uh, free agents. And I think that you could see um, a, a lot of stuff move there and we will get into that. But the Western Conference final was last night. Big win for the Vegas Golden Knights. But you know what? Pretty cool to see uh, Ottinger come in uh, and really looked solid. Boston University, Jake mm-hmm. Ottinger. I watched him a ton when he, I'm a, I'm a BU Terrier fan, not gonna lie. So I watched Jake Ottinger a lot in college. He was spectacular for Boston University, so it was really good to see him get in there and uh, not give up a goal. You they think they win, give him a game? No. No, you think, think they just ride? Do- yeah, you think they just ride Doby the whole time? Like, the- yeah, I think I think he could be a really good goalie in the future. It's not in 2020. No, no, no. Hey, and then you know what? The hardest position to play as a young man is goaltending. That's what made <clears throat> Carter Hart so uh, so magnificent this playoffs and. Unfortunately, <coughs> their top-end guys couldn't get it done for them. But you know what? A, a young goalie like Ottinger, yeah, you don't want to put him in against a Vegas Golden Knights team and have his confidence ripped from out, out under him before he even gets started. There's a lot of time for that kid to battle for the net. I agree. But you see Robin Lehner come back in, gets a shutout. Not that Marc-Andre Fleury was bad in the first game. You can't say that. But uh, You think it's Lehner's net the rest of the way? I think it should be. I mean, he keeps shocking me with the moves he makes, but it should be Laner's net from here on out. I don't, I don't think Flurry should get another game unless Laner's game goes to shit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Obviously, everything's circumstantial, but I think for now, Pete DeBoer has to ignore the, the, the knife through the, uh, the heart memes from uh, Flurry's agent and, and stick with Robin Laner, the panda. He's been amazing. He's going to be getting some money this offseason. So let's look at this. We have... A lot of news going on, including one that I want to talk about. NBC Sports and TSN contributor Pierre Maguire has had two interviews for the Arizona Coyotes general manager position. Um, this is a guy who has been sniffing around NHL GM jobs for years. He got two interviews and was a serious consideration in Montreal as well a few years back. Um, obviously, Pierre is a really polarizing figure in our game. Either people like him or they fucking can't stand him. I- I'm on the side of I love Pierre. And, and because, you know what, for as corny and maybe annoying as he can be, the guy knows fucking everything about hockey. The guy knows about all the young players. He knows everything. He knows. I think he knows how they, they, they like their bed tucked in at night. Pierre <laughs> is a fucking details guy. And, and when you look at an organization like the Arizona Coyotes, I think that they could do a lot worse than, than Pierre Maguire. I think he knows his shit. He's got the analytics of where they played youth hockey. They're yeah, Corsi 4. <laughs> yeah, he's got his Corsi from uh, Minor Midget. 
<laughs> like legitimately, what do you think of uh, Pierre Maguire kind of getting an opportunity here? And I know that the fans will be quick to troll him, but I, I think it's deserved. Well, he is a great hockey mind. And you see he's already like basically interviewing for the job with what he said on like NBC Sports. I think it was last night where he's like, uh, course or uh, not Corsi, uh, analytics are like a piece of the puzzle, but they're not like the entire puzzle. And he mentioned like a bunch of players from like the 2013 Kings and 2011 Bruins that weren't analytics guys, but were like a, a full piece of the puzzle. So he's already like doing those interviews. Like, yeah, I'm going to use analytics because no team that has won the cup has done it without the use of analytics, but it's not all analytics. No, no. And where John Chica and Dubis and GMs like that, it's all analytics. Like everything's analytics. These kids don't care about an eye test. They care about, possession and uh, you know face-off possession uh like, like there's a ton of coursey stats that, that that people look uh look into me personally i got one test that i've used since the dawn of time and i think that i'm one of i think i'm when i'm a really objective fair hockey mind i think that i i think i know my shit when it comes to the game but i, I don't know man well i think that pierre mcguire I think Pierre Maguire is going to is going to do a good job and I think that I think he deserves a look in the game. I really do. Yeah, I mean he's been a head coach before. I don't think he's not been in the GM's office yet though, has he? No, no, no. He's never been in the GM's office. He was an assistant coach, I believe. Um, maybe an assistant GM. I, I I don't really know. I know that he was with the Penguins back in 1993, I believe it was when they won the Stanley Cup. Um, and I only really remember that from his interview that he did with Mark Recchi when he retired in 2011. It was Pierre that spoke to him, right? Yeah, they, Mark they Recchi both, found a new home too. Yeah, speaking of Mark Recchi, he found a new home with the New Jersey Devils. I was trying to think of like, oh, I just, I was trying to give myself credit for something there, but then I just went right off the, uh, the THC pen train tracks there. So if that was a little <laughs> weird for you, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, Mark Recchi lands an assistant coaching gig job with the New Jersey Devils. Um, there was rumblings that he was going to move into a front office position, but I know that Mark Recchi really loves to have that one-on-one -on -one communication with the players. The guy's forgotten more about hockey than most of us will ever know. And I think that he is one of the, you know, like you look at our team, Jack, the Boston Bruins, I don't think Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand are the players they are today um, without that time spent with Mark Recchi on their wing. I, th I know that they would both credit a lot of their development to him and a young New, New Jersey Devils team that's going to keep uh, adding draft picks. Like they're still a few more years away from probably even competing for a bottom end playoff spot. So like, I think that with a, with a core of young guys, Mark Recchi's really a good guy to turn to and uh, could really leave an impression on these young guys and teach them a lot about the game of hockey. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, he's a great guy to have around young players, and he's only going to make them better. And like you said, with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, he made them the hockey players they are today. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I think that Mark Recchi is a solid addition to New Jersey. I think they have a lot to figure out with that team. I think they will be moving Kyle Palmieri at the deadline. I think that they'll uh, – continue to bring in assets and young and young players and picks and uh, all the power to Mark Recchi. We fucking love him down here at get the puck out. We fucks with Mark Recchi at get the puck out. Now I want to talk about, because one thing I'll say, Jack, and we already saw the Toronto Maple Leafs pull off a massive trade and send Kasperi Kapanen back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They acquire a first round pick. 
trade rumors galore right now. Trade talks galore as well within the NHL. These teams know that it's going to be a shortened offseason. I don't care what anyone says that keeps saying they won't have it going by December 1st. They won't have it going by December 1st. The owners want it fucking back up and running by December 1st. That's why there was no damn time. Like Tampa Bay and the Islanders barely had time to unpack their bags. Um, when they got to Edmonton before they were playing again, they want to get shit going right away. Teams are anticipating a shortened off season and the, the trade rumors and the names that are out there, we can go through them, but you got Patrick Line and Nikolai Ehlers in Winnipeg. You got Matt Murray looking like he's certainly going to be moved in Pittsburgh. And to be honest with you, Jack, from everybody I've checked in with, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets done in the next seven to 14 days. It, it uh, could happen before these playoffs are even done. Um, oh, yeah, that could happen quickly. I've, I've seen that everywhere, too, that he could be traded this week. Yeah, man. Yeah, you certainly could. I mean, teams are starting to field their serious offers now. I know Rasmus Ristolainen is a name to look for in Buffalo. I know Noah Hannafin is a name that's kind of been splashed around a little bit. In Carolina, they need to make some improvements on the offensive end of the ice, and they have a deep, deep, deep defensive uh, core there, and we saw what Hayden Flurry could do these playoffs. So if it means moving a Noah Hannafin or a Dougie Hamilton or somebody to bring in offense, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be inclined to do it. Um, I think that a guy like uh, Jake DeBrusque in Boston would be a good option for a team like Carolina. You, uh, you know, there would be the obvious fit of looking to, I mean, I think you'd have to add a little bit to a Jake DeBrusque to, to get Noah Hannafin. But I think that if you're the Boston Bruins and you're going to lose Tory Krug this off season, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, one of those, one of those trades that could end up being beneficial for both people. I know Jake DeBrusque's camp is looking for $5 million uh, a season on an anywhere to three to six year deal. I, I don't see that coming from the Boston Bruins. Yeah, there's no way he's getting paid $5 million, So I, I think he probably does get moved. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. But one name that's really interesting is Rasmus Ristolainen in, ba- in Buffalo. Um, kind of a scapegoat amongst their fans when you look into the Twitterverse. They kind of talk about him <laughs> like he's shit. Like, I floated the idea, and I love doing these who says no um, – who says no trade uh, speculation stuff on my Twitter uh, page at cmancuso9797, but I had floated out a DeBrusque for Rasmus Ristolainen. I didn't even add more, which I think the Bruins would have to do. I, uh, the Buffalo fans were like, I'll drive Ristolainen to the fucking airport. <laughs> Dwayne from Buffalo. Remember the guy who went on the radio and had that meltdown this year? Um, yeah. It was huge news in Buffalo. Dwayne from Buffalo. Uh, he's, uh, of course, I like to make friends with all the crazy motherfuckers in hockey so him and i obviously get on great and he like loves the idea of that trade he's inboxed me about the idea of that trade that trade excites him um but one name i want to talk about right now is matt murray of the pittsburgh penguins like i had said we we could see the deal being done teams that are interested in matt murray too it's like he has some interest from some seriously good contenders including the edmonton oilers toronto maple leafs and colorado avalanche so He's going to probably end up on a better team than he's got right now, um, especially if he ends up um, going to Colorado. Like, that would be a super good spot for him to land where I know that the defense just is not very good in Pittsburgh uh, anymore. So, I mean, Matt Murray, you look around the league, you look at teams that could use them. You got both teams in Western Canada, the Flames, the Oilers, 
Then you got the Leafs who are, uh, sounds like they're ready to move on from Freddie Anderson. And if they do move Freddie Anderson, again, look to Carolina maybe as a destination. They have a great trading history there. And I think that Carolina would be a much better team with Freddie Anderson between the pipes. Um, Matt Murray, where do you see him ending up? I could, I could see Matt Murray in either Colorado or Toronto or even possibly Edmonton. But my, my guess would be I could see him ending up in Toronto. Yeah, man, I think that Matt Murray to Toronto makes a ton of sense. The Sioux Greyhounds connection with Kyle Dubas. He was the GM there, right, when they won the Memorial Cup or whatever. Wasn't, wasn't Matt Murray the goalie? I'm yeah, pretty sure, I'm so. pretty sure Matt Murray played there. So if I'm wrong, suck it. I don't care. I don't check my stats <laughs> during the thing. You can come tell us on Twitter and bitch about it. But yeah, yeah. I think that um, Matt Murray could end up in Toronto, man. And then there's a lot of moving parts because, yeah, of course, the Edmonton Oilers want to get into the goalie market. And uh, I, is Mike Smith a free agent this year? Like, do they have him off the books? Um, or not Mike Smith. Do they have Tal? No, they have Smith. Yeah, they have Smith. Yeah, they have Smith now. Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. I mean, I just know that they need to upgrade. In- yeah, and I mean, Koskinen makes a lot of money, right? So- and you know, Braden Holpe is not signed. He's going to probably have to sign a, a one-year, two-year prove-a-deal, and he's not signing that in Toronto with that defense. Ah, see, I don't know. I think if they, I think if they offered him the right the right deal which wouldn't be so much of a prove it deal i think he would go to toronto because i think he likes the idea of contending and he is a good goalie i just don't know what's really happened to him but i think he could with a different goalie coach or something maybe get himself uh get himself back into things but yeah mike smith signed a one-year contract with the oilers um in 2019-2020 so he'll be off the books but they'll still have they'll still have Koskinen on the books making making money so the that's Shirelli right <laughs> well fuck man was is if that guy's and the crazy thing is Jack I heard he's gonna land like an assistant GM job like he, he was in some conversations Uncle Peter's looking to get back to work too that's what's funny about all of this people will we'll, we'll see if NHL execs love him for whatever reason well you know what he uh he's a guy who when he took the chance with that 2010 team, moving Dennis Weidman, bringing in Nathan Horton, a guy that everybody knew wasn't that dedicated to the game of hockey outside of it, and turned that and, and added Gregory Campbell into that piece, that was a huge swing for him. And then all of a sudden, he started thinking he was like the magic man on these trades because he did great in that, uh, in that Phil Kessel deal and did great acquiring Thomas Caberlet, giving up only like Joe Colburn and a first round pick that ended up being like Tyler Biggs. You know what I mean? Like yeah, legitimately lost fucking nobody. But so, Caberlet didn't do anything either. No, I, oh, ah, a guy who was much more respected inside the dressing room than on the outside. I know everybody that was inside the team, including Claude Julian and his staff, fucking just loved his ability to just transition the puck. That's all they wanted from him. He had 11 assists or something like that in the playoffs too. He wasn't a, he wasn't a slouch, but yeah, they just loved that team before they acquired him had nobody that could even skate the puck or make a one touch pass out of their zone. So for like the little shit like that, they loved Caberlet. He just wouldn't shoot. Um, but I'm just trying to look at what the Edmonton Oilers have going on next season as far as, as cap goes, I, I think that they're looking at, let's see, where would they be? So they would be, they got about $11 million in projected cap space. And 
Brandon Manning, you don't need to sign. Marcus Granlin, you don't need to sign. Mike Smith, you don't need to sign. Mike Green's already retired. Well, you need uh, to replace the goalie. So of course, yeah, yeah. So that spot. spot where they're going to spend, exactly, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, oh, I'm I'm relating this all to going and grabbing a goaltender this year. Um, yeah. Tyler Ennis, they could bring back. I think he's not bad, and he won't make any more than eight hundred grand. Uh, Riley Sheehan's a UFA. They may be the same. Maybe you just let him walk. So they have an Athanasiu is uh, Athanasiu or whatever. Athanasiu. Athanasiu yep. is an RFA. So they'll have to give him probably a couple million, right? I would imagine. You think he resigns there? I mean, I don't think Edmonton cares either way. So this is a team that has $11 million. So you know what? You look at what Montreal's going to carry for just next season. Um, where Koskinen, unfortunately, though, still has two more years left on his deal at four and a half, but he's certainly easier to move in that final half of his deal where you can keep uh, half the salary and someone will take a decent backup for 2.5 million if you give them something like a little sweetener, right? So they could definitely make a play for Braden Holpe, who is, he's from out West, no? Yeah, he's from, I believe he's from Edmonton. Yeah, so that makes a ton of sense too. So I think the Edmonton Oilers certainly get into those Matt Murray and, um, and Braden Holpe conversations as they need to this year. I see a lot of people talking about them acquiring some more uh, forward depth as well, but $11 million. They got some bad contracts on that team though. Yeah, and uh, I've heard them, I've heard talks with them possibly moving Clefbaum. Yeah, I mean, he signed through to the 2023-2024 season at a very reasonable 4.1, but I don't see how they can afford to lose guys on their back end. Yeah, they would need to bring in somebody else. And I don't yeah. understand the, the want to move him. I, I, I don't like understand a, it either. He's a 27 yeah. years old. I think they would move Larson, which is the final year of his deal, uh, before they move someone like Clefbaum. Chris Russell at $4 million for this year's ugly too. That's an that, ugly, ugly contract. In that Shirelli Larson in Hall move is looking not as bad as it was when he first made it. Yeah, because Hall's going to end up going to free agency this year. The I don't see things getting done in Arizona. I really don't. I think he'll be on the market, and I think he'll get paid handsomely. I don't think he would have stayed in Edmonton. I didn't think he was going to stay in Jersey, and I certainly don't think he's going to stay in Arizona. I think he's earned the right to take a look. I think Tory Krug from the Boston Bruins is in the same boat. Alex Petrangelo on the St. Louis Blues in the same boat. These guys played through their contracts. They've been good. You know, they, they, they deserve a right to go out and see what's out there. And I'm sure every one of those guys will circle back to their team and, and let them know what the offers are. And uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how that all pans out here. But tonight, eight o'clock, we have uh, Tampa Bay in the Islanders game two. It'll be interesting to see um, who the Islanders go with. And it's gotta be Varlamov after that pretty bad performance from Grice, I would imagine. Um, a guy who is never good. I'm thinking on, the same on thing back, on back-to-back starts, but buddy, that's all the time we have for today. We'll keep the episode short and sweet. So that way we don't go uh, into the uh, too many random conversations. Jack, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Obviously they can find you on tarpsoffhockey.net as well. Uh, Jack in the box on Twitter. The handle is Jack Gotzel, J-A-C-K-G-O-T-S-E-L-L. Beautiful, buddy, and I'm Chris Mancuso, and we will check you guys later. Take care.